Welcome, and thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com. And now for the message from Pastor Nathan Lang. James chapter number 2 and uh, in verse number 14, the Bible says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in, me, in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. And so uh, I will show thee my faith by my works, as he says in this, in this text. And this statement is, is kind of the theme for the entire book of James uh, and what he's talking about and how we are to uh, integrate our faith into uh, what's in our hearts into our daily lives. And uh, this morning I was talking about being salt and light in our community and in our workplace and in our church even. And uh, everywhere we go, we're to be salt and light. And uh, well, let me say that our faith, what we believe, the core, what's in our hearts, uh, should be linked up to uh, our feet, to action. It shouldn't be just, uh, this is in the inside, this is what I am, this is what I believe. Uh, it should be put to work. And so in other words, uh, you know, it's amazing how the things that I'll teach and I'll preach, I'll find myself throughout the weeks, uh, I'll find myself, uh, you know, facing those very instances that I just preached to you to, to live and to do, and I'll find myself, and it's, it's, it's wonderful because I'll say, hey, you know what? This is, this is true. This, is, this boils down to what we truly are, and uh, you know, our, faith is, our faith is what we believe through our relationship with God, and, and so uh, what we believe, what we say we are, uh, should come from our relationship to God, what we believe, what we spend time with Him alone in, uh, that should be uh, reflective of what our faith is and, and shows what we are uh, on the outside, not just on the inside. And so uh, we have to make sure uh, what we believe is not just off of, uh, off of what our parents taught us, but about what our relationship with God, the Bible. You know, there's a lot of things that I had to change and get right when I got saved because I had been taught that this was a right way. You know, I was taught that you could be good enough to get to heaven. I was taught that. If you're, hey, if you're a good person and you don't do too many people wrong, hey, when you stand before God and that balance thing's done, hey, you know, if your goods outweigh your bad, you're going to be okay. You're going. Uh, I was taught that growing up. Well, can I say that that's not how it's going to work when I stand before God? He's not going to say, well, you were pretty good. You did more good than bad. So therefore, Nathan, come on in. That's, that's not how it works. Uh, and so uh, we've got to make sure that we're, we're watching these things and that, uh, uh, and that we know that. And so the, the dictionary defines the verb integrate uh, as to combine one thing with another so that they become a whole, a whole. And so uh, we need to integrate our faith. We need to integrate what we are, what's inside of our heart with God. We need to make sure that we're one, that we're one with God, that we're not trying to do our own thing, that we say this, but we do another. And so uh, when we think about this book and how uh, it was very, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a hard book at one point for people to get through because they looked at it and looked at some key verses in here as if you had to work your way to heaven. 
heaven. You had to have works to get to heaven. Uh, but that's, that's very, very clear if you look at the whole of Scripture, uh, that if you see one verse and somebody takes that and wants to use that against you, people like to do that all the time. They like to take a verse, pull it out of context, and say, look here, what about this verse? Well, let's look at it in its context within the book. Let's look at it at, at, in the entirety of the canon of Scripture throughout the whole 66 books. And let's see, okay, this one, one verse that you're making it out to mean this is not consistent with every other verse in the Bible. Therefore, it could be that I'm interpreting it wrong. <laughs> that makes sense? And so that's what a lot of people will do. Hey, well, what about this one verse? You can't just take one verse and pull it out and, and you can make it mean anything you want. And so you got to be very, very careful doing that uh, in the word of God. But uh, uh, you're thinking about the responsibility uh, of us integrating our faith into our daily lives. What I'm trying to say is we are not just Christians on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We are Christians all week. We're, we're Christians seven days a week, 365 days a year. We are always, we should always be living as a Christian, uh, and therefore our faith should not be confined inside of this room when we're worshiping him only on Sundays. You know, you can worship him all week long. You don't have to come to a, you don't have to wait for a, a worship service to come and worship God. But I tell you what, there's something about worshiping God corporately. There's something about coming together and everyone as a church body singing praises to God, isn't there? You know, I love, one thing I do love about going to the retreats uh, is I love getting there when all those men, you've got a couple hundred men in there singing, uh, you know, a, a gospel song. Boy, it's powerful. It's powerful. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. And, and that's how it should be. Uh, it should be a powerful thing when we're singing the praises of Jesus. Uh, but thinking about that statement, faith is not enough. You know, uh, there's something about that statement that doesn't seem to sound right. But when you read the second half of James chapter 2, it's exactly the message that he was communicating. We have been taught that, uh, that we have been told uh, uh, others that, that faith in Christ is all that's necessary for salvation. Uh, and that's true. That's right. Uh, but salvation is not the end of the Christian life. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I've led to Christ and, and, and I make sure that I lead them up to that point. Hey, now you need to go get baptized and now you need to be discipled and you need to move forward with your faith. It's not a, hey, guess what, everybody? You know, we went out on Saturday and we led three people to the Lord. Uh, I've done that in the past. I'd say, well, where's their contact information? Oh, I don't have any. Uh, well, where do they live? I don't know. Are you ever going to see them again? Probably not. You cotton-headed ninny-muggins, you did, you did one-third of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go further. You're not supposed to just win them and leave them. Hey, they're a baby. You know, you don't take a baby in the hospital and leave them there. You've got to help nurture them. You've got to help them grow. And so, hey, some, I know that some circumstances, you can't get the information. Some, hey, when you're out and about, you can't always get their address. You can't always get their information. I understand that. But what I'm trying to say here is this, that if you can lead 50 people to the Lord and you don't get information on any of them, hey, you need to change your methods, okay? Because uh, you want to try. You know what I usually do? When I lead somebody to the Lord, I like to get information because I like to tell them, hey, I've got a free gift I want to bring you. I want to bring you a Bible. And uh, that's, that, what that does, that gives me uh, entrance back into their life. When I say, hey, I want to come by and bring you a Bible, I've, we've got, and, and by the way, you lead somebody to the Lord, I will give you a Bible, and uh, we've got discipleship books next door. I'll take them one of those. We've got the First Steps for New Christians books. I'll take them one of those books because it's a book that you could go through yourself. You don't have to have a discipler take you through it because here's the deal. You may never see them again, but uh, you know what? You can give that to them and say, hey, would you go through this? At least you've made the effort to try to get them uh, some spiritual food to help them grow in their walk in Christ, and so what I'm saying is is, hey, our faith should not be, hey, I'm a Christian, but that's it. I'm a Christian, but here, you shouldn't have to ask me that. You should see how I'm living. 
to see that I'm a Christian? How can people see that in the workplace? How can people see that you're a, you're a man or a woman of faith? That, well, they can see that probably maybe because you don't laugh at all the jokes everyone else is laughing at. Maybe they can see it because you're different. You, you, you show up early. You don't, you're not clocking out early. You're, you're clocking out on time or a few minutes after. Hey, there's some different things that, that could set you apart. You're not a person who's stealing from the clock. You're not a person who's taking advantage of the company. Uh, you're a person who prays before their food. They can see, yep, they're different. <laughs> they took time to pray for the food. And uh, hey, what, 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 what a wonderful thing. You know, uh, it's amazing. We've been taught that, and we've told others that faith in Christ is all that is necessary for salvation. Yes, that's true. Uh, but what, what, what I'm saying here tonight is this, is that there needs to be not just a I'm saved because I say I'm saved, but I'm saved and here's my action showing that. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. Um, you've heard me talk about this before, but uh, when, I was, uh, when I was a teenager at my home church where I got saved at, we, they came in, they brought a man in, and for, uh, for a couple weeks he taught us sign language. And he taught us 2,000 words in one week. And we, boy, we, had, we were tested on him each night, and, and it was rigorous, man. We had to go home and study. I mean, it was just, it, it consumed our life for two weeks, but it was wonderful. But one thing I found is a lot of people, they view deaf people as if they're, I say this respectfully, as if they're literally dumb. There is no difference in them and, and somebody who can speak. The only difference is they can't use words the way we can. They are just as intelligent. They're not because they sound different. That, that Hey, don't, don't, don't ever take that impression of them. But one thing that I learned through that, and it really woke, woke me up to some things, and that is deaf people, uh, you can tell them all kinds of things. They can't hear you, but they're watching you. They're watching you. I remember when they were training us to come up and sign in front of the church, and they, they taught us how you got to use your expressions because if you just stand here and you're, you know, you know, you're just as, you don't change expression, you just look depressed. Uh, they're saying, hey, you know, they pick up on that. They, 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 don't, they, they don't like that. They want to see what, they want to see through your facial expressions. And can I say uh, that this world needs to see through not your facial expressions, but through our lives that we are truly a changed people. We are truly a changed people. You know, the reality is our actions accompany our faith. Someone once said, faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. If James could sit down with you and I, he would tell us not to be satisfied just because, we're, uh, because we believe the right doctrine. It's not en- you know, when I said this morning, uh, it's not enough to just say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Uh, you know, uh, hey, it's not enough to just be a Christian. We need to show forth that we are a Christian by doing things. Once again, uh, working to heaven. We know that we don't work to get to heaven. We know that very clear. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. It could not be any more clear in the scripture, uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that you don't work your way to heaven. But you know what? You can tell me all day long, hey, I'm going to do this, but if you don't do it one time, then I'm going to be there to say, okay, are you going to do this or not? I know with Brother, with brother Damascus, uh, I, I, sometimes I'll say, hey, Brother Dave, I need you to do this. And Brother Dave's very prompt. Seriously, I'm not joking. He's very prompt. He'll, he'll get his calendar out. He puts it in there, and it gets done. And I told Brother David when he came here, I said, here's the deal. If I have to go behind you and do what I ask you to do, then I don't need you. I'll just do it myself. Does that make sense? Now, I just use that as an illustration because Brother David does wonderful. He does wonderful. Uh, I'm thankful for he and Miss Allison. Boy, they do so much around here. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, we can say all day long, oh, yeah, 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 I'll take care of that. But then if we don't do it, then you start to wonder, well, are they truthful or not? Well, you know, we can say that we're Christian all day long, but if we're not living it with our lives, then this lost world is going to say, I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. You say, I'm not here to impress anybody, preacher. I know, and you shouldn't be. But the reality is the testimony of our lives is going to make a difference to those who are around us. To those who are around us. Our actions attest to our faith. You know, the word, thinking of the word attest, it means to provide or, 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 or is clear evidence. That's what attest. Hey, I can attest to this. You say, hey, I'm going to give some clear evidence that this is, this is true. That's what this is. Uh, we should be attesting to the gospel. We should be attesting uh, to a life in Christ. Jesus explained that his works were evidence uh, served to attest and that he was indeed the son of God. The Bible says in John chapter 5 and verse 36, but I have greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father gave, uh, have given unto me uh, uh, to finish the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. Uh, and so he said, hey, I'm attesting to this. Hey, he did do this. He did send me. Uh, and Jesus was certainly able to speak to that matter because he was God in the flesh. Uh, so uh, thinking of this, you know, uh, the, the fact that uh, the, the, James makes clear where we must start. Where, where do we need to start with this? If we're to integrate our faith into our lives, then we have to start with the Word of God. With the Word of God. With the Word of God. Everything that I preached this morning, if you were here this morning, when I was talking about being a light into this world, let, let, me, let me just say this real quick. You know, you get done preaching, you get done teaching, and you think of all kinds of stuff you could have said and should have said, and, but didn't, you know. And uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. I, in no way, shape, or form do, do I believe we need to be arrogant you know, about being a light and in salt in this world. We don't need to have an arrogance to us. We don't need to be mean-spirited with it. Uh, I, don't believe, I don't believe that the Lord's going to bless that at all. Hey, we need to, we need to have a right, kind of, uh, a right kind of, you know, sharing the truth in love. We can't be all truth. We can't be all grace. Does that make sense? Some of you know this in your households. Maybe the husband is all grace where he doesn't, he, there, there's no punishment for anything. He, you just do whatever you want to do and there's never any repercussions where, the, where maybe the mom's all truth or vice versa. And, uh, you know, you got to have a balance of those things. You, you do, just in our lives, we've got to have a balance. Uh, but here's the, here's the deal. Uh, we've got to be rooted in the word of God. We can claim that we're Christian, but if we can't pull out doctrine from this Bible and prove to them why why, why we're not going to let them go in and, and, and mess up the First Amendment, why we're not going to let them take our guns, why we're, hey, you're not going to, because of the Second Amendment, hey, you're not going to do this, hey, why you're not going to do this, because scripturally you're not going to do this, you're not going to do this, because the Bible says, hey, we've got to be able to back up what we believe with Scripture. Does that make sense? Not just because, not because I think so. I've seen a lot of atheists and agnostics uh, rip Christians apart because they just simply, not only do they not know what the Bible says, but they don't even try. They don't even try. Here's the deal. We're not, this side of heaven, we're not going to know everything there is to know. But you know what? The Bible can show us what we do need to know if we just get in it. You know, do you, get, do you get hung up on some things? Yeah, so I get hung up on, on some things. Hey, I don't have the answer to that. But you know what I can do? I can go to the Word of God. I can say, oh, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Guide me unto all truth. Hey, he, he will do that. The answers are there. But we've got to be willing to get in there and find them. What am I trying to say? Hey, uh, when, when somebody once told me one time, they said, Nathan, they said, we need to be walking Bibles. 
Hey, in other words, you can't always go back to the Bible uh, and, and say, hey, this is what the, you know, go study it. Sometimes you've got to be willing to give an answer, able to give an answer of the hope that lieth in us. Hey, the Bible says, hey, that's why we've got to study. We've got to be students, students of the Bible. I remember one of my college professors, one of the things he would always say, he said, you've got to study the word of God one word at a time, one word at a time. Take it verse by verse, study the word of God, know what it says. James chapter 1, you're already there. Turn to James chapter 1, just back a page or two there. In verse number 22, the Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a believer of word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Since our faith is based on, on and founded on the word of God, there is no other way to integrate our faith into our lives except by allowing the word of God to penetrate and change and to change our lives. Hey, folks, this Bible is what's going to change us. The, the Word of God is what's going to change our hearts. Uh, it's, it's not good feelings. It's not uh, self-help groups. There's nothing wrong with having some of those. Uh, but hey, uh, what's going to change us is the Word of God. How, how can I prove that? Well, you know, the things that I used to believe before I got saved, the things that I was taught and trained in, uh, after I started reading the Word of God and seeing, wow, you know what? This is how I need to be living. This is how I need to be submitting to authority. This is how I need to be... Uh, uh, in relationship with my wife. This is how my relationship needs to be with my children. This is how my relationship should be with other church members. Uh, all of these sort of things, I find that laid out in the scripture. This is why I need to forgive. I don't want to forgive them. This is why I need to forgive them because Christ said that we need to forgive. Amen. 70 times seven. Hey, hey, uh, this is why, this is why we need to do what we're doing. This is why we go to church. This is why we pray. This is why we uh, seek to praise God. Why? Because the word of God lays that out and that's where my foundation is. My foundation is in the scripture, not in whatever I think is right. There's a lot of people out there who, well, you know, this is just what I believe. Okay, what, who are you reading? Where are you getting your beliefs from? Where are you getting them from? Are you getting them from some, some liberal author? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't turn to Stephen King to get your doctrinal inspiration. Amen? Amen? If you want some horror stories, you turn to Stephen King and read it. But you don't go to him for doctrinal inspiration. Hey, you got to be careful who you listen to, who you, uh, who you uh, glean from. We need to look into the Word of God. You know, the integrated life of faith begins with a Christian who is committed and to carving out time in their lives for Scripture. For Scripture. Daily Scripture. Daily Scripture application in our lives. <clears throat> you know, I, the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, the Bible says uh, when we make time for Scripture, hey, that is, you're, you're on the right track to success. You're on the right. Hey, people want to be successful in life. You want to be successful in your work. You want to be successful in your finances. You want to be successful in your marriage, all these things. If you want to be successful, you want to find your success in Scripture and tied to Scripture. <clears throat> James 1.25 tells us that the one who continueth therein will be blessed in his deed, the Bible says. There never comes a time in the Christian life when living out faith becomes automatic. 
Can I say that we must take time for Scripture every day? We must take time for Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, Wherefore, let, us, uh, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Lest he fall. You know, I believe that we can get so confident in our own flesh that we don't rely on God. We can be so confident, hey, I'm okay today. No, you're not. That, at that moment, at that very moment, you, you are never more not okay. Because we need God every day. 1 Timothy 4.16 says, Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. You know, I've heard a lot of messages through the years that I look back and I thought they were great. And I look back and I thought, man, those were so undoctrinal. Uh, Some preachers that I've listened to yesteryear, I thought were, I'm able to pick it apart. You know how you're able to do that when you hear something that's not quite right? I remember I was sitting in chapel for the first time in college when this really uh, hit me. You, you may you say, preacher, you refer to college quite a bit. Hey, that's the first time that I really got grounded in Scripture. That was the first time when I really tried to dig in and, and, and find what it said. But I remember hearing a preacher in, in chapel, and they had speakers in all the time. Which, by the way, let me say this. Uh, as a pastor, sometimes I'll have people in, and uh, you know, people, oh, you have them in, and your stamp of approval's on them. Well, obviously, sometimes they may something, say something that I don't agree with. That doesn't mean that, uh, that I agree with every word they say out of their mouths. But I remember sitting in the chapel. I was in the front row one time in, in college, and I remember this preacher getting up there, and he said something, and it was all, it was way off. And, uh, and I, remember looking, I remember looking down at the row and looking, and I was like, am I the only one who's catching this? And then he said something else that was just off. And, I, and I'm looking, and I'm, I'm looking back and forth, and I look at my Bible, and I'm like, what he's saying and what's in this book is not the same. <laughs> it's not here. He's, he was adding to Scripture. He was, he was preaching, hey, this is, this, is what, this is what it says, and it wasn't what it said. Hey, can I say this? Uh, you don't have to be rude at that moment, uh, but simply be able to distinguish. Hey, when you are in the Word of God and somebody gives you something that's counterfeit, you're going to be able to detect it. I have a friend who's a bank teller, and I don't know if all the banks do that, You've heard me give this illustration probably. They said that when they were training and they were, they were training them, they made them count real money. And then every once in a while they would go and they would add in a fake $20 or a fake $10. And so they made them do this over and over again so that when they're counting money, they knew to, how to detect that there's a fake one. Hey, that one's not right. And they'd pull that out. And that was part of a test to teach them how to, hey, you get, you get the feel. You know what real money feels like versus counterfeit money. You know, we ought to be able to detect that. And can I say this? This is Sunday night crowd. I was, I kind of, I was joking, of course, this morning when I said, if you wanted to be lifted up in a, in a feel-good way, then you need to go listen to Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's message online, uh, but no, on television or whatever. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Uh, it, it saddens me, the people that I'll visit and the people I'll talk to who claim to be Christian, uh, who literally will stay home and listen to that garbage who will literally stay home. And I'm not talking about listening to a preacher who maybe have fallen, uh, but, you know, God, maybe, maybe they're restored and they're still preaching and maybe they're listening to that person, but they're doctrinal. Uh, but I'm talking about preaching somebody who's way off on left field and it saddens me that people cannot pick up on that doctrine. It's another reason where I, I saw just the other day I was uh, somebody who used to go to our church, not faithfully, but they would pop in every once in a while uh, say, oh, man, I'm faithfully attending Crossroads Church in Oakley. And I just thought, man... You are so, how, did you, how have you ever sat under sound doctrine and go to that? How? How could you do that? You know how? Because they were never grounded in doctrine. 
That's how people can do that. That's why when preachers get up and when your Sunday school teacher, Mr. Leaf or Mr. Heeg or whoever your Sunday school teacher is, when they stand up and, and urge us to stay in the word of God, hey, we need to do it. I've said this often uh, when, when somebody's getting ready to preach. That's why I love uh, Brother David. Brother David keeps you, when he preaches, he keeps you in the book. He doesn't get up here and tell you his opinion. Uh, I love that. I love when, uh, when I have different people get up here and preach. I have Mr. Leaf preach and, and different folks hey, uh, from within our church. I'm thankful for that because I don't want to hear what your opinion is. I want you to show me from the scripture what it's saying. How are we going to be able to detect false doctrine? We've got to know what the real stuff is. James 2.18 serves as a theme for the entire book, showing our faith by our works. James chapter 1, verse 13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You know, a Christian who's integrating his faith into his daily life learns to experience victory over temptation. Victory over temptation. You know, what we deal with on a daily basis, all of us deal with temptations every day. Every day you're dealing with a temptation. A temptation to lie, a temptation to steal, uh, in whatever fashion that is. It may not be to go actually steal a candy bar out of a grocery store. Uh, it may be stealing company time. It may be uh, a, a number of different avenues there. Uh, but we're tempted with things every day. And the closer we get to God, the longer we stay with God uh, throughout the day, uh, yearning for Him, praying and staying in a constant state of prayer. Hey, it's going to help us when we are tempted to do those things. When we're, you know, we're tempted to go into a depression state. You realize that? Americans all over the country hey, are, are just depressed. And you know what? You don't have to be. You don't have to be. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. A person, a Christian who's integrating their faith into their daily life develops the ability to be kind, tenderhearted, compassionate. It's going to change. Hey, hey church, it's going to change us. We're going to be a different, we're going to be a gracious people. We're going to be a gracious people. <clears throat> it's amazing to me. I was, I was over with my pastor, Oscar Cox, not too long ago, I guess about a month ago. And uh, one thing he never really talks about is his life before he got saved. And I remember it was probably about 10 years ago, I heard for the first time his testimony, how he, was, how he drank all the time, he was just a rough man before he got saved. He got saved and he came home, he, came, he tells the story, you maybe have heard him t tell it. He came home and he, went to his, he woke up his kids out of bed, he said, hey, he said, you've got a new daddy, I'm a different man. And listen, here's, here's the deal, he meant it. <laughs> He meant it. When that man got saved, he got saved from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. And he got saved and he was changed. He became uh, a man who no longer drank and was a rough, rugged man. He became a gracious, gentle man. But listen to me now. How does that happen? He had the Holy Spirit inside of him and he had the Word of God to guide him because it was his light to guide his path. And can I say this? Hey, Christians, we've got to return to the Word of God. And I don't mean just reading a few verses. I'm not talking to... Hey, listen, I'm not... Don't get me wrong here. Uh, Brother Horsley and I were just talking about this the other day. I believe sometimes we can get in this rut where we're quote praying and all we're doing is reciting some words hey can I say that I believe we're all guilty of that and oh man I tell you what it grieves my heart when I get into that mode where I'm just praying just to pray 
For years, I was taught in Bible college that you've got to read eight chapters and you've got to, you've got to read, you know, you've got to get through the Bible in one year. And can I say, uh, I'm, not, I'm not against those. And usually I'll do that system uh, every other year, typically as far as reading from front to, to back. Uh, but here, here's the deal. I'm more interested in you spending quality time with God than I am you rushing through a bunch of verses and not getting anything out of it. I would rather you take two, sent, two sentences, uh, take two verses out of that book and study them and, and pray and have the Holy Spirit show you what they mean than to read a bunch of stuff and not know what you're doing. I'm talking about quality time with God in here today. I'm talking about time where when you get up from your prayer closet uh, and you walk away, uh, that you're like, wow, you know what? I just spent time with God. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about in here today. I just followed this. I, I try, when I'm on Facebook, I try to be, I, I don't get a bunch of garbage on there. I don't, I don't get on there and attack people. I, I don't use it for that. I, I try to use it to encourage people and specifically people who I'm trying to reach for the gospel. That's specifically, I use Facebook Messenger to try to talk to people who I went to high school with, who I grew up down on Eastern Avenue with, and I try to, I try to reach them and stay in contact with them that way. Uh, but one, uh, one uh, page that I just recently started liking is uh, Elizabeth Elliot quotes. Does anybody follow Elizabeth Elliot quotes? And um, Elizabeth Elliot, you know, anybody know who Elizabeth Elliot is? Okay, her husband was murdered and, you know, uh, martyred and all that. But uh, here's a quote that, uh, that she said, and I tell you what, this really stuck with me last week. She said, we should be the sort of people who walk into a room and bring the presence of Christ with us. We should be the sort of people who walk into a room and bring the presence of Christ with us. When I see a quote I really like, I'll snap, I'll snap a picture of it. I'll give you one more quote from her that, I, that, that just helped me. I'll just be honest. She said, to pray, thy will be done. I must be willing, if that answer requires it, that my will be undone. I thought, man, Elizabeth Elliot walking all over me, man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. <clears throat> A Christian who is integrating their faith into their daily life is going to gain increasing control over the use of their life, over their words, when we're integrating our faith, when we're, here, here's what I'm saying. When I'm talking about our faith, I'm talking about this book. When we're integrating this book in our lives, there is going to be less of me and more of him. When I'm integrating what this book says, there are going to be times where I read this and I'm just totally taken back and I'm weeping and I'm saying, Lord, uh, thank you for showing me this. I didn't realize I was doing this. I didn't realize I was living this way. I didn't realize, I, hey, 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 you ever had those moments with God when you're, when you're alone with Him and you're just like, Lord, thank you so much for revealing this to me. Hey, there's a lot of things that we miss out on because we're not in that book sometimes. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You know, I, I know you, statistics are, you know, are neither here nor there, but I read a statistic where they, they, they say that over 70% of our sinning comes from our tongue. Words of malice, words of hatred, words of hate. I mean, all that stuff uh, that can spew out of our mouth. Words that, that sometimes we don't even think about, but we just say. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. 
You know, he realized, oh man, not only am I talking in a fashion that I shouldn't be doing, but I'm hanging around people who are. And you know, that's usually how it goes. You know, a lot of us won't get into that nature until we're around people who are. But sometimes we're the ones who initiate that, and that shouldn't be. You know, pride is something that can, that can set in. Hey, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need any help. I don't need anything. Just like going to the doctor. I'll tell you, when I get a kidney stone, uh, I lay there for about an hour saying, I'm okay. I don't need the doctor. I'm all right. I'm all fine. And then finally, I'm just like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Call 911. Get the ambulance. I don't care. However you do it, just get me there. And... Uh, <laughs> I walked into the hospital that first time with that kid. Uh, no, uh, no, it was the second time. Mr. Leaf took me the first time. The second time I drove myself. I'm a real man. I drove myself out. I walked in there, and I'm telling you, I was expecting all of earth to stop. I was waiting for them to bring their whole medical team out there and, and, and whisk me way back there on one of those gurneys. She walked out, and she looked at me. She said, ah, that's just kidney stone. We'll get you back in a little bit. I'm like... You don't understand. I'm about to die. You know what? We'll let the pride get the best of us if we're not careful. God, I'm okay. I'm okay. And that's a lot of what we do when we reject him, when we stay away from him, when we don't spend time with him. The Bible says in Matthew 23, 12, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted shall be exalted can i say that there's one area that i think we all can always improve upon that just seems to be so lacking in most christian lives and that is the area of prayer communion communion are you with me church i'm almost finished look i know it's warm in here and i can just sense that everybody's half asleep because it's just hot and i'm sorry i'll make sure that i freeze you out next week But a Christian who's integrating their faith into their daily life makes prayer a priority. A priority. It's not just something we're doing just because we're, you know, you know what we do? We, we kind of react sometimes. Hey, you know what? I'm getting ready for something big, so you know what I need to do? I need to pray. Oh, man, I've got this problem in my life now, so you know what I do? I need to pray. No, we need to be in constant communion with God. That ought not be a because something come up or something might come up, something I'm praying about in the future. No, we ought to have God on that channel every day, every day. Lord, what should I do about this? You know, sometimes our first response is to go asking everybody else. Sometimes it, it's just how it goes with us. But instead of saying, Lord, hey, what wilt thou have me to do? As Paul said on the Damascus Road. Hey, what should I do, God? Would you, would you just guide me here? Let's spend some time together. I believe we would make fewer mistakes if we would just get on our faces with God and just pour our hearts out to him and say, God, show me. Show me what I should do. Let me ask you this, and I close with this thought. Is your daily life showing your faith to those around you? Do people want to be like you? Or do they want to stay away from you? Are you always complaining? Are you always murmuring? Are you, are you the negative person? Are you the person nobody wants to be around? Everybody wants to get away from you? Or are you the person who's drawing people to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do people scatter when you walk into the room? Or do people draw to you? 
hey, can I say that sometimes we need to change our perspective and say, you know what, Lord, help me to be the witness that I should be. Help me uh, to be uh, that leader that I should be. Lord, help me to be that servant that I should be. You know, a lot of people are always searching uh, to be a leader. We need to be servants. We need to be servants. We need to be servants. We need to be students of the Bible. I have written in my Bible, make much of the Word of God, and God will make much out of you. Make much out of the Word of God. We are what we are. We believe what we believe because of this book. Let's be students of it. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon from Lighthouse Baptist Church. For more information about our ministry, go to lbccincy.com.